0: What's up, Gen X? Welcome back, and Happy Thanksgiving, at least to those of you here in the United States. To the rest of you, uh, Happy Thursday, I guess, but for those of you in the U.S., Happy Thanksgiving. This is my favorite holiday by far. It's the least obligatory. There's football and food, and you get a long weekend. I absolutely love it. I hope you are enjoying it as well as I am. Now, to start off, I want to talk about the January 6th tapes that were dropped this week. Uh, Speaker Johnson released the full January 6th tapes this past week. And if you remember, this is actually one of those provisions that Speaker McCarthy was supposed to have done when when he struck his deal in the beginning of the year to become Speaker, and he was going to release the full tapes. He never did, which, of course, makes me now wonder... Why? Why didn't he release what Speaker Johnson has, has released? And if you remember, you know, the Democrats, the corporate media, the January 6th committee in 2022, or actually since that day, in, in loud, put the blame squarely on Donald Trump. He incited a riot, called for an insurrection, blah, 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 blah. And later, in the January 6th committee in 2022, they, it's been proved that they used audio and video that was very heavily edited to meet their narrative. So you knew right away the January 6th committee was not on the up and up, let's say. And since then, there's been demands to release all the tapes that they had. And again, that was central to Speaker McCarthy's getting, getting in his seat and one of the reasons why he was bounced. And I'm guessing that was one of the concessions that Johnson took to take his position. And the videos that were released this past week, I gotta say, paint a very different picture than everything that we have been led to believe. Even if you're someone like I am and didn't think this was an insurrection, it was a it was a protest, a demonstration that got out of control and became a riot or whatever. The videos, the full videos that were put out this past week showed a very, very different picture. And showed a number of things, and some of them I'm just kind of digesting still to try to figure out what does this actually show. Many of the videos showed protesters kind of casually walking around the cap- Capitol Sometimes very respectfully, sometimes kind of bored, sometimes kind of giving high fives to the Capitol Police, sometimes giving them thumbs up, patting them on the back, that kind of stuff. Um, not quite the insurrection, kill the police narrative that we have been spoon-fed ever since that day. Other videos showed what seemed to be cops undercover dressed as Trump supporters. And you know this because there's one video in particular where one cop takes a a guy who's been arrested and his hand's cuffed behind his back around this corridor by a, a metal detector, and there's another cop there, uncuff the guy, then they fist bump, give kind of bro hugs, And the guy that's arrested walks out the door. Um, (laughs) So the obvious inference there is that this was some uh, cop amongst the protesters dressed like a Trump supporter who was, let's just say, unruly enough to be arrested, apprehended, and then say, no, 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 I'm a cop, I'm a cop. And then they have them cut him loose say, okay, okay, no, you're good. Very weird, very very weird. Um, I don't know. I it, it, it I'm trying really hard not to have this say. This is full on evidence that this was a planned, a planned baiting of Trump supporters, and it was a planned faux erection to. To have you know, Trump incite this this riot and invoke the Fourteenth Amendment so he can never run again. I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to get there, but when you watch these videos, it's hard not to get there. One of and, and now again okay, before I get to the the most disturbing thing that I saw, I mean, the other videos within the Capitol showed police who were standing there who were most definitely not distressed. They were not panicked. They were not worried. They were just kind of there. But the ones outside the Capitol was, were some that I found the most interesting is because something that I had not known before. You'd heard the whisperings of, of FBI and police dressed up. You kind of heard whispers of that, and this seems to, to support that. But what I had not heard before or seen any evidence before was police... Firing on the protesters before they breached the Capitol. And so the, there are several videos that showed at like 1 05 p.m. before the breach of the Capitol, officers and FBI who were in front of the protesters shooting tear gas, flash bombs, and concussion bombs over and over and screaming, We need more bombs, we need more, we need more bombs. And pulling the pin and throwing these concussion bombs, these flash bombs, into the protesters. And the protesters, over and over, giving the police the finger, saying, What the F you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And some of those were shooting at very close range. I had not known any of this. And I'm watching this video after video after video. And I'm thinking, well, this tells me something different. This is not just Ray Epps inciting people at the at the barricades here this is something else when you see a rubber bullet being shot into the face of a protester and his teeth exposed through his cheek maybe there's a reason why some of those protesters got a little testy maybe but what the videos do not show was that this was the violent insurrection incited by a candidate who had just lost a presidential election. It seems much more confirmation of a political trap and political uh, political prosecutions. And I hope that whomever wins the presidency next year, assuming it's not Joe Biden, as a first order of business pardons everybody who has been prosecuted and jailed from january 6th because i from what i saw from these full tapes and I'm, i'm more of these are trickling in they do not support the narrative that we've been fed up to this point in fact proves the opposite now My next thing that I saw was very, very interesting, and it made me think of Madonna. You remember Madonna, right? Remember when when she was a thing before she looked horrific and had all kinds of work done to her face? She was in Evita. Everybody loved that play, right? Don't cry for me, Argentina. That came back to me this week when I saw that libertarian Javier Millet who's kind of a goofy looking dude with wild hair and runs around with a a chainsaw. He won a runoff presidential election in Argentina and is the first sort of right-leaning president to win in Argentina in like 40 years, something like that, since Eva Perón, right? Don't cry for me, Madonna. But there were lots of socialist throng in Argentina who were crying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as many of those who, when, when Donald Trump won the presidency, were crying. It was very much uh, the same as that, which which cracked me up a bit. But this Javier Malay guy is an interesting dude. He is uh, not your typical politician. He's, he speaks very crudely and says he you know, doesn't believe anything libtards say and all that, that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, Spanish, but <laughs> the translation is somewhat the same. But Malay was elected primarily in response to the country's dire economic situation. And I've known about this for a bit because at work, one of the things that I have to do is account for the impact of foreign exchange. And I've long since known for the past several years having to deal with and report the impact of the hyperinflation in Argentina, upwards of 150%. Now, this is not just a one-year deal. This has been going on for quite some time. And the burden that that's been having in Argentina is not unlike the burden that caused in Venezuela, which caused you know that company's economy to collapse. Well, Malay has, it was campaigning on a number of very strong policies to handle this one he pledged to reduce spending by a lot like in one video i saw of his he had he was standing in front of like a whiteboard with like like m- magnets representing each of the different uh departments within the government you know like women's whatever whatever trans whatever whatever and social this social that you know i mean think of any kind of socialist country and all the different types of social programs that they would have and he's standing in front of this whiteboard and he's like reading reading them off gone 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 and to kind of represent this he would be at campaign stops with a chainsaw not with a blade but you know a chainsaw to to indicate what he planned on doing to those programs and he, he plans to peg the currency to the u.s dollar and slash government programs and on and on and on and the screeching that's coming from the globalist, global Marxist, is hysterical. So, first, congratulations to the Argentinians for electing someone who's actually going to do something, or seems like he's going to do something. As evidenced by um, his promise to um, close the Ministry of Women, Gender, and Equality in 21 days <laughs> when he takes when he takes office. So, aside from that, I did wonder, and this is a runoff election, highly contested, and it's in Argentina, um, how they count the votes so quickly? There was no kind of overnight trickle of things coming in. Well, in Argentina, do they have voting machines? No, 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 they have paper ballots. Counting them quickly, quicker than here in the U.S. Something to think about. Now, another group of people who are doing some thinking are those in Oregon. And if you remember, in the wake of the 2020 election, along with reacting to Biden's victory, one of the things that we talked about was the Measure 110 that passed in Oregon, which decriminalized all hard drugs like heroin, meth, and cocaine, and on and on. And it passed with 58% approval at the time. And at the time, we had a good laugh at their expense because we are like, good luck with that and and what's going to happen as a result of that. Well, we're now getting updates on the results of that. And you've seen videos from Portland. You kind of know how that city has descended into chaos. But the death and devastation that they're experiencing are pushing many now to advocate for Measure 110's reversal. The reason being that opioid deaths are up to nine hundred and fifty-five this year. By way of comparison, one year before Measure One Ten in two thousand nineteen, there were two hundred eighty opioid deaths. Twenty twenty, there were four seventy-two. Twenty twenty-one, seven thirty-seven. Twenty twenty-two, nine fifty-five. A thirteen times increase in opioid deaths. Gee, it's almost like elections have consequences, and these Marxist policies have consequences, usually resulting in death. Those are in support of the provisions are now acknowledging, yeah, we need to do something different. So between the Argentinians and people in Oregon, seem to be waking up that these global Marxist policies do not work and amongst those kind of waking up you can count cardi b who posted a long inarticulate video on instagram (laughs) laying into the new york city mayor for budget cuts that he's proposing in the city to handle the skyrocketing immigration costs and those budget costs increase include decreasing police services and social services and so on and she's re- reacting like anyone else would react, like, uh, dude, <laughs> you know what's gonna happen here, right? It's like in Chicago, to handle that they are decreasing police spending and security spending and so on. Well, you know what's gonna happen, right? Look at what happened in Oregon with their opioid policies. I mean, compared to the nation, they are 13 times increase, whereas in Washington, it's seven times. Nationwide, two times as much of opioid deaths increased since since 2020. That's what happens in Cardi B. And now Michael Rappaport, you know, that kind of fringe uh, c- celebrity, this kind of D-list celebrity, uh, he is very, very anti-Trump but he went on social media just lighting up Biden and saying he's even kind of leaning towards Trump even though he hates him just to have have someone not do enact the policies that Biden's doing and on and on and on people seem to be waking up a bit I find that interesting now one who's not waking up is Bill Burr's wife and I thought this one was funny. I don't know if, if you saw this, but uh, Bill Burr and his wife apparently were at an MMA event this past weekend, and who was also at the that MMA event was former president Donald Trump, because you know he's very you know, chummy with Dana White, and he was there with Joe Rogan and a bunch of other celebrities, and you know, they were, you know, doing their thing and and walking into the arena and going to their seats. Uh, Bill Burr's wife was caught giving the middle finger to Donald Trump as he walked by. And I saw many on Twitter just lose their ish over this. Now, I have to admit, I love Bill Burr. I think he's hilarious. I think he's a great comedian. He's one a fellow Gen Xer. I think he's great. Even if I don't agree with his politics or social views all the time, I think he's a very funny comedian. And I thought it curious how frothing at the mouth people on Twitter were in response to this celebrity's wife giving the finger. And they're mocking Burr for it. They're outraged and saying, well, this is what Burr gets for marrying a lefty, blah, blah, blah. Like you would expect. And you know what I thought when I saw that? I thought, that's great. That's awesome. Even if I wouldn't have done that. Even if I don't hate Donald Trump. I don't love Donald Trump. I'm not a a red hat wearing dude. But I don't hate him. But I wouldn't give him the finger either. But aren't we supposed to be able to do this? That was my original thought when I saw that. When I saw people freaking out about it. I thought, good. Good for her. Even if I don't agree with it, good for her. I'm glad that Bill Burr's wife has the freedom to give the finger within feet of a former president. Because there are other countries where something like that gets you in jail. So I thought it was awesome that the only response to that were people who like him being mad. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You can be mad about that, and let's get on with things. Because... I can go back in time in my mind, say, two years. Let's go back in time two years in your mind. And you remember groups of college kids around the country, in South Carolina, LSU, Florida State, who would take up the chant, F Joe Biden. F Joe Biden, clap, 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 right? It became a thing. So much so that at a NASCAR event, it was heard while a reporter was interviewing a winner of a race and she to tried to run cover said they're chanting let's go Brandon Right? it became a whole thing <laughs> so I think Bill Burr's wife giving Donald Trump the finger is no different than college students and NASCAR fans chanting F Joe Biden or after that let's go Brandon knowing what that means because we can't have it both ways Either they're both bad or they're both free speech. I tend to think they're both free speech. So you don't have to like it. He might be your dude. But if a comedian's wife wants to give your dude the finger, so be it. So that's it for today. It's a quick one being Thanksgiving. I hope all is well with you. I hope you enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy it as much as I know I will watching football getting christmas tree and doing all that fun stuff that i normally get to do with the family before you have to kind of get back to life as normal but enjoy your thanksgiving be grateful for all that we have even though you know we gen xers tend to be a little on the jaded side find a little bit of the good and we'll see you next time or not whatever